to record what to one recording oh damn <laughs> yeah, <we're out> <laughs> oh, I keep getting it's possible to sink things up. <laughs> We're back. Jace, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. I feel like I just talked to you yesterday. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's, uh, But that's a great thing. I mean, yeah. we just, we do. We talk quickly and it makes me feel so good. I know. It's great. This pandemic has been great for everybody. Okay, yeah. wait. No, I take that back. <laughs> it's been terrible. This has been the highlight. Uh, thanks. <laughs> um, and today's guest is also one of the highlights uh, of the show. I think she's one of my favorite people. So I'm so excited that we got a chance to have her on the show. Yeah, one of my favorite people too. And such a wonderful improv brain. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, and it's always so much fun to talk improv with uh, Damika Parker uh, from Portland, Oregon. And yeah. uh, she, is a, she has her own improv philosophy that we go into um, during um, the conversation. And uh, yeah, it is certainly one to savor. Yeah. And uh, she runs a company called Deep End Theater down in Portland, which is like kind of like a sister company of Paper Street. We, we are like in like a, a collective together. We talk about it in the show. Um, but we're like, yeah, so, so. And uh, and also, I don't know if I've ever actually told Damika this, but when I met her, she reminded me so much of my best friend from high school. This uh, ah. one of my high school best friends, Mandy. Uh, and the way she moves, the way she talks, all her mannerisms are just like this best friend of mine. So when I met her, I felt like I'd already known her my whole life yeah. and then when a day later i felt like i actually had known her basically my whole life at that point like we connected i had the very so same experience quickly, yeah. uh yeah. not with my old best friend but uh after meeting <laughs> Demeka within 24 hours uh it was uh yeah it was uh, improv love yeah. <laughs> it was just uh someone who was had just the calmest most beautiful energy uh, around her um, and brought that calmness to the stage and the work that she did as well. And it was so inspiring yeah. and has moved me and you to want to work with her. And we have over the, the journey. And so it's really fantastic that we can bring her to our listeners. Yeah. So please enjoy this conversation with Domika Parker. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Hello, Domika Parker. Hello, Domika Parker. <laughs> Hello, fellows. Oh, so so nice of you to join us today. Thank you so much for coming all this way from Portland to be here tonight. You're welcome. Yeah, Portland, where they make Jason's favorite hot sauce, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, cilantro lime from Fire yeah. Mountain. Yeah, I love that. And I love Secret Aardvark. I've got the yep. whole thing. I've got the wow. whole thing. It's just hot sauce haven and pinball haven and friendship haven. There are so many <laughs> wonderful things in Portland. <laughs> That I I just I want to be back. I want to be back there right now. Yeah, oh. it's, it's a long pandemic. Place. Oh, I love Portland as well. It's the best. Uh, although I've never seen a port, I've never been to the ports of Portland. <laughs> right? Is there well, a there, port of Portland? Is there actually a port? There is a port of Portland. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do they call yeah. it that? The yeah, Port of, Port of Portland. Uh, this is Port of Portland. Uh, only in America. Only. <laughs> and, and Australia. They'd probably call it something like that in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And in Canada, actually. No. And, <laughs> yeah, in Canada. Got... There's probably people. a few ports. Yeah, all people yeah. call things that. So just weird names. We have a Portland here in Victoria, uh, Australia. Well, um, that it's was... very close to the South Australian border. And uh, it is not a uh, it is not a patch on Portland, Oregon. Mm. <laughs> oh. It's the asshole of Victoria, Portland. Oh Victoria, no! Australia. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of funny you say that because I'm the asshole of Victoria, uh, <laughs> Canada. <laughs> oh zing! Oh, so good to see so you, So good to see you. Um, so I don't know. Actually, you know what? I don't even know if Jason knows this, but you and I are in a collective. Remember? It's true. Yeah, we're in the 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 the, the force. I was going to call it the sacred stones collective. <laughs> the sacred stones. It <laughs> was almost corners. called the sacred stones. The four corners collective. That, that's yes. what it's called. Uh, between uh, you and Portland, me and Victoria, our friend Owen Chan in Calgary, and Jenna Goldati uh, in Red Deer. Although I'm pretty sure her name is actually Goldade. I just refuse yeah. to pronounce it like that. I like to say Goldati. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you know that, Jason? That we're in a collective. No, I didn't know you were in a witchcraft coven. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> called the sacred stones I'm, I'm the stone of strength to me it's the stone of truth um, but it's a collective of like-minded people uh, uh that, nice. uh, that discuss improv I and mean, we haven't i guess been as as active as late because none of us are doing much work <laughs> um, but True. we were we were doing like a monthly call for quite a while there and checking in with each other and we still nice. do this now just not as frequently during the panty yeah. It's nice, yeah, nice to have people you can check in with like that. Yeah, so I talk to you all the time. I don't know if Jason and you talk that much. Oh, we could talk more, couldn't we? We could talk more, but we, we do. Could, we, but we do talk pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's a quick text exchange, or uh, uh, or sometimes we manage some phone times as well between juggling families and lives yeah. on other sides of planets. But yes, yeah. we could talk more, and we shall talk more. We <laughs> yeah. shall. And I think we you, do a good job. Talk, Go ahead. Oh, I just think we do a good job of being friends. Friends yes. live across the world. I think we do a pretty good job. I think we do a great job of that too. Yeah, and I and, that- and to be honest, I think about Dameka more often than she knows. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> what do you think about when you think about Dameka? Well, I, this, often, isn't, this isn't about to get weird. I hope. No, I mean, what do you think about when you think about? Often, it? oftentimes, uh, <laughs> it's something that she said, or uh, just a lovely time that we've spent together will will uh, seep out of some crevice of memory in my mind. Um, we've spent some some great times together, absolutely doing nothing and just chilling and having great conversations. Uh, also, whenever I think of Survivor, the TV show, uh, to <laughs> me, sure. it's like a shadow. <laughs> On my shoulder, yeah. um, and uh, and so uh, uh, yeah, I'd say not a week goes by where uh, Dominica doesn't uh, uh, pop into my train of thought somewhere. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> wow, I do think of Dominica also quite frequently. Uh, I say the phrase "my good friend Dominica" quite a lot to people, uh, and I also followed by from Portland, and then it makes me feel cool. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, but I often think about you. I think about you more in, in uh, improv contexts. Um, not that we haven't had great times together. And <laughs> we, we have had great times together. <laughs> but, but when I'm talking about improv with people or thinking about improv, I, my mind drifts to you and the work that you do. Uh, and uh, especially you came to the festival two years ago. 
maybe it's been three time has disappeared um <laughs> came to my festival and uh we with the four corners collective and we did uh, the whole festival together and you and i had this really great scene so i always drift back to this scene that we did and i remember it and going like oh that was a good scene it yeah, was a know. wonderful scene yeah it, it was beautiful it was a festival full of really terrific scenes yeah, i would that say. one was the best <laughs> that one was definitely the best of all the scenes that and any scene that you play, Ed. Oh, Ed. Ed used to fly uh, fly, fly planes in the water. <laughs> <laughs> I was quiet. He's got a lot of hidden <laughs> below the surface. Anyway, um, yes. So uh, Jason and I both have fond memories of you. So thank you for kind of finally coming on the podcast and talking with us about Steph. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, have, I have something I wanted to start with, though which is the name of your theater company, Deep End Theater. Yeah. Uh, which is, I love the name on very many levels. And I just want to explain the levels of which I love the name of your theater company. And then you can tell us where the name came from, because I'm curious. Okay. But uh, Deep End Theater. Uh, I love it because it's about like the deep end, jumping off the deep end, like into a pool or something, like taking risks and being a little, you know, uh, putting yourself out there more. Uh, I also love that it has the word deep in it. Like it's about getting deep in depth and not just about like surface level stuff. I love that about it. And I love that it's also almost an anagram. Like if you, if it's a deep end or denepied, like almost <laughs> saying backwards and forwards. I'm not anagram? sure I can Wait, get on anagram. board with that I mean, one. I mean palindrome. It's almost a palindrome. And I, oh. That's what I mean. Okay. <laughs> it's almost the same word as backwards. It's definitely an anagram for Demika <laughs> eats every pickle. <laughs> and I also Oh no, like, commit to that. I You've also like that it sounds now. like deep end sounds like yes and deep end. They both have like an end on it. That's nothing. But that's that's uh, not that's I like that when you run it together, it's depend. Depend, yes, because we depend on each other. Yeah, yeah. see, yeah. yeah, so good, such a good name for a theater company. Where did it come from? Well, I was thinking about uh, my philosophy about improv, and I was thinking about how we can deepen the theater, um, and and the idea of deepening the theater and the deep water and. Uh, diving in a new place of discovery, like the Twilight Zone, but I didn't feel like calling the theater Twilight Zone was a really great idea. Yeah, good call. No, no. So I skipped over that one and landed on Deep End Theater. And for all the reasons that you said, Dave, all of those ideas came to mind and it just felt like a name that really encompassed uh, my philosophy. Mm. Cool. So I was close. Yeah, you were really yeah. close. You almost hit the nail right almost on the head. But it had nothing to do with it being almost the same forward and backwards. No. Uh, yeah, the only thing I don't <laughs> like about the name, <laughs> only thing I don't like about the name is that you're it's American, so the theater is spelt wrong in my that's my from my Canadian perspective. I'm like, how Well, there's a funny it? story about that because when I was naming the theater, uh Nicole was uh my best friend Nicole was saying, uh Oh yeah, Deep End Theater, and she kept saying it in a kind of a British accent, and I said, "No, no, this is an American theater," and I insisted on spelling it "er" just because she kept saying it with a British accent. Theater, 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 theater. theater. Deep End Theater, Deep End Theater. Oh, Tray. Yeah, 
Paper Street Teatre. That's how it was. Teatre. In Australia, we spell theatre, T-H-E-D-A-R. Theatre. 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 It's just the name Theodore and theater <laughs> are the same. They rhyme. Um, cool. Well, I love I love your theater. Uh, I've been to your theater. I'm sure Jason has too. Jason, you spent yes, like a yes. month there. Didn't you spend like yes, a I month? Yes, I did. I did. I had such a great time. I did an artist in residency there, did a season there, uh, taught uh, courses, taught the ensemble over the course of uh, many weeks. And we, we uh, did a um, we did a, a, a show of uh, Fat City, like a, a long season of that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was uh, an amazing time. It was really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, something that I hold dear to my heart, that time that I spent at the theatre. Theatre. <laughs> Grateful yeah. to have you at the theater. <laughs> it was a beautiful, yeah, a beautiful time. It was a beautiful the time. Yeah. Uh, now, the the um, you said to me, Kurt, that, that um, the, the deep end uh, goes into your philosophy on improv, which prompts the very next question that mm-hmm. our uh, listeners will have: What is your philosophy on improv, and how mm-hmm. is the name Deep End perfect for it? Yeah, because they're probably like philosophy and improv. What? what? Oh, they, they, well, we have smart listeners because they listen to us. <laughs> so, as you guys know, I was raised in improv theater by my parents. Um, mm-hmm. My parents are actors and improvisers, and my father is a professor of improv at Portland State University. Recently retired after forty-five years, and so I grew up in his classrooms. And over the course of my life, I kind of developed an understanding of improvisational theater uh, that ran a lot deeper, I thought, than what I was seeing on stage. So when I would go to an improv theater, I would see a lot of gag and gimmick and going for the laugh, which I really enjoy. Playfulness is one of the pillars of sound improv, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, what sound improv is. Sound improv is really the name of my philosophy. Um, But I wanted to deepen our understanding of what improvisational theater could be. And I see improvisational theater as an art and a craft um, and and not just uh, theater games. And at the time when I was exploring this, there were less people in my environment who agreed with me. In fact, I met a lot of um, contention from people who thought improvisational theater was just comedy alone. And so I started to develop a style or an approach to improvisational theater that would teach people right from the beginning um, how to embrace the breadth of theater in improvisational theater and to see ourselves as actors, uh, actors who improvise rather than comedians who do improv. Um, so the nice. That's nice. the actors like, that like come that. out of what we do, um, we consider actors who specialize in improvisational theater. Great, I love it. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. because yeah. it was a run-on sentence. I'll tell you. <laughs> no, it made total sense. There was a lot of semicolons. Yeah, there I love really were. Semicolons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I think um, I think yeah, we we know that feeling of people giving you the the like, what do you what do you mean like theater? It's comedy. It's fun. What do you? Why are you making? Why are you being like such a the, buzz? Yeah. I don't know if people actually don't. say that. But that's <laughs> they don't. 
that that uh, that that feeling they give off when you're trying to do something more artistic and but more when people would think work. about drama and improv, they would think about something that's more akin to performance art, and they would imagine that mm-hmm. I took myself very seriously. But the truth is, one of the cornerstones of my philosophy is playfulness, um, and I and I feel like we can bring that to the stage, no matter if we're doing drama or comedy. I think it's necessary for improvisation for us to be playful. So I think there was a lot of misunderstanding around the idea that improv could encompass both drama and and comedy. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I think I. I, I find people have a weird thing about if something's funny, like if you laugh at it, if it makes you laugh in any way, then it is now yeah. comedy and that's it. And it can't be dramatic yet yeah. make you laugh right. still. Uh, and I, I and I, I find that to be the thing that pushes people into thinking that improv is comedy, improv is comedy, improv is comedy. Because you laugh at yeah. it, you laugh at it. You, even the most dramatic improv show you go and see, you're going to laugh yeah. at least once. Or maybe twice, maybe twice, right? At some, someone's going to do something that's going to be well. <laughs> uh, then now suddenly, it's not like it's suddenly a comedy, uh, but that seems to be the mentality people have when it comes to laughter. And uh, and I love, yeah. I mean, we agree on this. I don't know why I'm telling. I'm saying this to you, like you know what I mean, <laughs> and you do. Of course you do. Of course. You do. I'll, I'll just keep talking to the choir. <laughs> that's what we should uh, uh, call this uh, podcast. Change the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> talking to the choir. Just talk, singing, singing to the, to the choir. choir. <laughs> singing to the choir. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. would get a whole lot of downloads for very confused people. They'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no music. Nobody <laughs> even sang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of music and confusion, sound improv has nothing to do with music, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a sound. Sound isn't, it's not sound as in like audible. You mean sound as foundational. Like, like uh, mm-hmm. grounded. Or something. Yeah, yeah. So like in that. this mm-hmm. case, the word sound is representative of building a strong foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like having sound reasoning. We would right. Say, isn't it? Yeah, person. exactly. So, yeah. Something else that is thin on the ground at the moment in the world. <laughs> <laughs> sound, yeah. sound reasoning we could use some of that yeah. sorry guys it's okay it's okay you're in portland we don't okay yeah, thank we you <laughs> we blame people in portland australia yeah uh, <laughs> um yeah so tell us more about sound improv sound improv what is what's this philosophy of yours do you i don't maybe you don't want to spill the whole philosophy because you want to be like buy my book (laughs) well i can tell you really into capitalism that's your whole driving force you know that is it's that's me a (laughs) hundred well but uh, sound improv improv is a philosophy that's built on uh kind of seven areas of study and uh they're the the pillars that I think are really necessary for good, strong, improvised theater. And one is called relaxed readiness. And I think we all understand what relaxed readiness is or what it means, but it's kind of a state of being that I find uh, I find is similar in meditation. Um, but it's something that I think you really have to learn how to do to be relaxed and ready simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, We also focus on an area called discovery over invention, which is uh, the the practice of 
looking for what you and I discover together instead of inventing or trying to create a story, really discovering yeah. the story as yeah. it unfolds. I love, I love that one a lot. And I use, I reference you a lot now when I teach classes, I say that phrase and tell people, my friend Amika says discovery over invention. That's what it's about. I, I use that phrase all the time because it's a, it's a perfect way to describe it. I have uh, yeah. been teaching the last three days uh, for the first time in 10 months in person here in Melbourne uh, at a drama school and the actors. And yesterday we spent the entire day working with that exact philosophy uh, discovery <laughs> over invention and uh, it was really interesting because we were working exercises where people connected and were reading each other and discovering yeah. and as soon as i gave them a prompt to start the thing so all they were doing to start the scenes was turning with an energy meeting and discovering what was there and they were yeah. doing great scenes but as soon as i said your old school friends and, and got them to do the exact same exercise, they started inventing right away right, because they right. had a context and a frame and they were looking at a completely different way of approaching it. And I spent the entire day trying to break down that process of, of trying to stop them. Like, this is just a context. Right. It's just a frame. You can still do everything that you were doing before that led to this wonderful improvisation. But now that you've got this prompt, you're already up in your head trying to make things yeah. happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I always like illustrating it with two people doing a scene in front of the class, right? And you give them a prompt and watch as both of them immediately look down to the ground or like yeah. up to the sky or off stage, right, right when you give them the suggestion as if they're like, okay, what could I be? Uh, and they go into their head, start thinking about it. And uh, and then it's, and then from that point on, I get them to like, see how they looked away now? Look at each other. First thing you do is just look at the other person. Don't look in yeah. your head. Look at what, look at them and work together. Find that thing. And it's uh, it's, uh, it's still hard to teach, but it's like uh, that phrase discovery over invention helps me a lot because it gives mm. it the content. I love that. So thanks. I love that. Yeah, I'm not sure where where I uh, heard checks it in the mail. The fired to <laughs> to say it, but another thing that we um, focus on and study is curiosity over judgment, which again is I think a skill that uh, that is learnable and teachable. Um, we, we try to meet the moment with, with our eyes wide open and our spirits wide open and really ready to embrace, uh, everything that happens instead of, uh, placing judgment on it. Um, which requires us to kind of go inside of ourselves when we place judgment and it takes us out of the scene. Um, again, playfulness, uh, which, uh, speaks for itself. And then we have a kind of an area that I find really important called the three trusts. And that's to trust yourself, to trust your partner and to trust the moment. And so we work a lot on those three different areas of trust and how important they all are to making really incredible improvised theater. Could you take like, a moment yeah. to break each, each of those down for us? Yeah, I can try. Um, it's been a while since I've been teaching guys. I've been so, like, <laughs> so, so self is me, partner is you. Yeah. No, no, I'm trying, I'm trying. You right. want more of a breakdown well, than the, what the words mean. Ah, <laughs> well, what I think is kind of interesting is when you look at it, um, tr to trust yourself is sometimes the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To trust uh, that your ideas are enough, that you are enough. Um, and then to trust your partner is sometimes the hardest part. <laughs> to trust that your partner will take care of you 
uh, and will be there for you and will trust you. That's sometimes the hardest part. And then to trust the moment is sometimes the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, when you put those three things together, when you're really working to do those three things at the same time, um, we find this beautiful openness to discovery that can be in, mm. totally incredible. Yeah. Um, so, like I, I have one of my improv advents that I do over Christmas when I post a different improv wisdom is before you trust your partner, you have to trust yourself. It's just one of the, that, that's. Yeah. The, yeah. And uh, uh, cause I think people forget about trusting themselves. They think it's just about trusting the other person and trusting the scene and trusting. And that's what we talk about a lot in the improv world and not enough about, self-trust that like no your idea that you had that was a good one go go for it yeah that was a good one go with that one that was a good one yeah you can do this yeah you're good the other area that we study is failure to fruition which i think is absolutely essential for the work that we do to really learn how to embrace failure and to mm -hmm. walk through a failure like it's a portal into a whole new thing a portal into a whole new world. Um, instead of trying to kind of recoil from failure or correct for failure, uh, we learn how to be really curious about failure and follow it to fruition. Watch it become a beautiful thing. Um, and then What's the last that? thing. Yeah. That, Sorry, it's just the, like that phrase. What was that phrase? Uh, if you shit on stage, just stand in it and a flower will grow. Is that yeah. The, <laughs> or make that, a tiny shit castle. Or make a shit castle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the last thing a that shit, shit your bread man does that work? <laughs> Make a shit your bread man. Go <laughs> fly a shite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what's the last right, one? And, and then finally, we're going to dig deeper. Finally, the last, the last thing uh, that we study is invested listening. Um, and invested listening is listening not just with your ears, but with your eyes and with your whole body. Um, really learning how to read people uh, and anticipate people in a really uh, warm and loving way. Um, and I feel like, again, that, that that's a skill that really great improv always has really great listening. Mm -hmm. That's that. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about some of these things you threw out at us. Cause I oh, only please. had time. I to just listed them off, but them. I didn't I know. know how <laughs> I just listed them off. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cause I love this list. It's uh, it's similar to my, my list, but I love that. But I love the phrasing you have on some of these. Like, yeah, uh, like the three trusts is such a nice way to put that concept all in one idea where you can just go three trusts and go, oh, yeah, trust, trust, trust. Uh, I love it. Uh, and curiosity over judgment. I think that's a beautiful way to, to push that point home. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, the judgment thing is something that I see all the time in improvisers where they're judging uh, and not just other people and other people's offers, but themselves and their own offers and stuff and just putting that judgment on it. And it, I feel like that's what keeps people in their head the most is that they spend all their time in their head judging whether or not something is good. Right. Instead of finding out if it's good by being curious and following through on it. I think. Right. And they often judge it before they, they enact it. Uh, so they never really get to do the scene at all. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they judge it against a standard that I did not put forward. That's right. what I, find. I find that's the funniest thing where you say, 
word association. Somebody says the word apple, and then you say the first word that comes into your head. And then they get all start judging whether or not the word's good enough. Does it associate enough? What's the best one? To, it's like, it doesn't matter how right, well right. it associates. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't one of the rules. It's just the first one that came to your head. What did you yeah. think and say that? Uh, but they instantly immediately start judging every idea they've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm me just going, stop saying shoot your bread, man. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> You're never going to make shit your bread man work. It's never going to catch on. No one's ever going to start using that phrase. Um, I should have said shit your bread house. Shit your bread house would have gone over way better. Uh. Sorry, we were talking about something important, I think. That's right. uh. <laughs> to the listener. I, I I'm a little um, uh, I'm a little hungover today, and also I'm very tired. And the reason I'm very tired is this: two nights ago, I was standing on in my bedroom at an open door, which leads out to a small balcony, and yeah. I was just standing there and um, looking out. It was dark inside the room behind me. I was just standing in the dark, and um, there was a screen door between me and the ba- uh, balcony. And then all of a sudden, I hear tink tink. And I look, and on the railing, ah, of the, yeah, on, on the railing of the balcony is an owl. An <gasps> owl was an just owl. Yeah, was just sitting in front of me, like uh, about four feet from me, just staring at me. And I said, "Hi, owl." And he and he kind of <laughs> he kind of rotated his head like in a circle, like like this, not turning it, just kind of doing a loop, and then spread it, it, its wings out. And I went, "Hey, do it," and it, and it calmed down again. And it stayed there for about another 30 seconds. And then my cat came to my feet and it flew off. And then I, I Googled uh, owl omen. Like, what, why is an owl coming face to face <laughs> owl omen. That's the first and place it, your brain went was the owl omen. I got to check yeah, out what the omen is. I was like, what does it mean if an owl comes and it's says. It's got to be an omen. There's something's got to happen. What happens if an owl comes visit? <laughs> and and across time, it's meant many different things. Some good, some bad. But I didn't oh, sleep no. very well that night because it's it could be a visit from the spirit world. It could be terrible omen. It could be great omen. It could, oh, I, I, it could the next it, morning. It could just be an owl. It could yeah. be an owl. <laughs> Who knows? But the next still... morning, I rang my parents as early as I could just to make sure they were all alive. Like, oh was, no! <laughs> was like, do my parents? Were? So <laughs> everyone's fine. Oh. Okay, everybody's so, okay. Uh, that Good. was the night before last, and I taught all day yesterday, and uh, I had a few drinks last night. So that, that's why I'm a little scatty today, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgiven. You said the owl ahead of time. <gasps> oh no. Who are you? Well, I'm the shit your bread man. <laughs> shit your bread owl. <laughs> oh, shit your bread man. It's going to catch uh, up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I have another question about this list of yours. Yes. Oh, please. Relaxed readiness. Excellent phrase. Excellent concept. What would you say is the opposite of relaxed readiness? <laughs> like, is it, <laughs> is it like those like the like eager manic anxiety? Like, okay, yeah. Or um, or uh, anxious uh, detachment. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I find uh, uh, I find this tense unpreparedness. Yeah, tense unpreparedness. <laughs> <laughs> 
Manic anxiety is interesting for me because I find that a lot of improv companies, particularly younger groups and stuff like that, do warm-ups at the start of their show that get you in a state of manic of anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, so we'll do all these warm-ups. We'll get really revved up. And and so when the show starts, you've also got that adrenaline boost of the show starting on top of this kind of manic energy that you've gotten in a, you know, in a warm-up. And oftentimes it, it seems to yeah put improvisers in a in a weird space at the start of a show rather right. than an open and accepting space i've been really careful and i know you guys are too about the type of warm-up that you do for for the show for but sure. yeah I've, I find there's this culture of let's just get everyone at warp speed and and on like you know at eleven before the show, um, right? And and then you've got that thing of having you know having to go backstage while the audience come in and that energy kind of dipping a little bit and then getting back up again. It's a strange right. process for me. I, I don't particularly the last five or six years don't like to to get into those kind of warm-ups before, before right. shows. Mm-hmm. I find improvising on anxiety real problematic. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's when you make those bad choices. Yeah, the bad ones. Where you're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go. It's like, no, don't, just, <laughs> no, don't, 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 don't do it. It's don't not do a, it. It's like, I'm they just need gonna a grandma. Go. I'm going in as the grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I haven't been on stage in a while. Oh, well, I'm like, uh, my friends, are, my friends uh, are watching. I better go out there. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, terrible way to perform. <laughs> well, relaxed readiness is actually a phrase that my dad coined, and I heard him saying relaxed readiness in his classrooms um, my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so um, I I found that, like Jason is saying, it's really important to develop warm ups that are uh, specifically designed for the show you're doing, so that you mm. can really warm up for that particular show and type of performance. Um, and if you're doing a really high adrenaline, high yeah. flying, loud, flap them, jap them show, then uh, some of those warm ups are uh, the right choice. But if mm. we're doing something that's going to encompass uh, more corners of the theatrical world, then we really want our warm ups to be representational of that. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Warm- yeah. I, th- I think those warm ups should be about connecting your cast in a way right. that puts them in a position. So there's none of that anxiety there rather than warming up to meet a certain energy yeah. to, to connect. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then I do often ask people before the show, like once we've done our show specific warmups, does anyone need anything else? What else do you need? Yeah. What do people right, need? Right. Cause if somebody really does need a high energy, flip them, flap them. Is that what we're mm. calling them? High energy. Right. Flip them, <laughs> flap them. A flip flap. Yeah. Someone needs a flip flap. Uh, yeah. or some kind of you know chairman Mao or zoom zip zap something just to get yeah. there they're, they're feeling out of it then yeah uh, then sure let's let's yeah. do them. but uh but yeah i tend toward i'd rather be tired on stage than than high uh, is too excited if that makes yeah sense. me too <laughs> that makes us sound really interesting. <laughs> we like long, slow, dramatic improv that you perform while tired. While tired. Well, I find when I'm tired, <laughs> when I'm tired, I'm more relaxed, and I'm I'm just like relaxed, and I'm just watching, I'm taking things in, and then I go. Uh, when yeah. I'm like super awake and ready, that's that like the difference between relaxed readiness and like oh, alert readiness, where I'm like on right. on, on guard. Mm. And I feel like when I'm tired, I'm I'm more relaxed about it, uh, as opposed to, to uh, yeah, my fingers yeah, not on the trigger. Very cash about relaxed readiness. It's yeah. real cash. 
Who? It's real cash. It is. It's, it's it is. Relax. I've been, I've been trying to teach people who have that kind of anxiety level uh, at the side of the stage, like, I've got it, I've got it, I'm ready. Uh, and I've been recently, I've been saying, imagine there's a big, heavy door in front of you before you have to go on stage <laughs> and you have to make the effort to push it open to get onto the stage. So it's not just like, you know, Western flappy cowboy doors of like, boom, boom, I'm here, I'm, uh, I'm there. It's like, right. Are you going to make that choice? Like, are you going to, uh, is this the right offer to put all that effort in to opening that big heavy door to come in? Which is so interesting because it really is the individual student's needs, but sometimes we're teaching that there's that, uh, that heavier door. And then sometimes we're teaching just get over the threshold, just push yeah. Put yourself out there. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting how each student kind of needs a different uh different wing behavior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wing behavior training. Yeah. That's sometimes my you have new to phrase. Say, follow your feet. Go. Why are you hesitating? Yeah. yeah, follow your feet. Follow your feet. And other times you have to be like, okay, all right, enough. Okay. Just give it a second to see if the scene is what the scene's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> What's the uh, I like to, I like to use the term of like we improvisers don't go on stage because we want to we go on stage because we have to mm-hmm. and that like it it again makes us sound really lazy but like <laughs> if the scene is going really good do I have don't go to? on don't go on yeah. stage you don't have to you're good you're you're not needed uh, and that's usually when you want to go on stage because the scene's going good but don't go yeah. when you want go when the scene needs you to go like, like yeah, yeah yeah and that's that that's the balance you want to find. But it's uh, but with, yeah, it's hard depending on who who you are. If you like going <laughs> on stage, or if you're afraid to, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for showing me your faces. <laughs> We're looking now at Dave from several angles. <laughs> yes, Dave, Dave's got a cutaway camera. But when he says something particularly poignant, he gives us a side eye. <laughs> I'm cutting all this out. I'm cutting all this out. Um, Cool. Anything you want to ask Damika about this list, uh, Jace? I think think we're good. And I think it's it's great. Anything you would like to elaborate on further, Damika? I I could keep talking about all of this, but but yeah, Damika, do you have anything you want to elaborate on? No, I feel like we really talked about it. We talked about it the same way that I would talk about it with someone who is coming in new. Dave, with your camera. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's just a distraction. (laughs) I feel like we covered it. Cool. Good. Uh, So I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, So you, uh, well, first, I guess I have a comment. You you make a lot of forms. You're you're a form maker, right? Uh, And I appreciate that about you. I make a lot of forms too. Jason makes a lot of forms. We're form makers. We like building things uh mm-hmm. where do you start when you're building a thing uh, a, sh- a show uh i i mean i assume you start from the show but where where do you start like what's the what's your process hmm, that's an interesting question like you you just did Uh-oh. a uh, like i think one of the last shows deep end did was the cohen brothers one uh raising cohen is that what it's called yeah um i remembered <laughs> uh like how did that one come into being like what was the inspiration where did you How'd you find the form? Well, the inspiration for that show is clearly the Cohen brothers and the work. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was my inspiration for that show and that form. Um, But if you wanted to talk about, uh, for instance, 
uh, presents or porches shows that aren't based on a theme or aren't mm. based on a, an author or filmmaker, then my process is really, uh, what is something that I really want to communicate with an audience? What is something that I really want an audience to uh, feel or think about? Um, and in presence, I really want the audience to be thinking about uh, the the space between uh, people being here with us and people being away from us and how much uh, people can affect us even when they're not present. Mm -hmm. And so I created an immersive show where uh, the, the one actor in the show, the presence, can interact with the audience at any point during the show. And they can also interact with the actors at any point in the show, but they're not there. So the actors themselves are allowing themselves to um, either feel the presence or hear the presence or not at all, depending on the character that they're playing. And it can be a really profound um, experiment and exercise for every audience that sees it. And of course, that just came out of my own life experiences and what I was thinking about at the time, what mm -hmm. was kind of philosophically bubbling around in my brain. Cool. And then where do you get like, so when you're building the form, let's say, if we want to call it form or the the structure or the rules or whatever we like to call it, uh, where where do you start with like as few as possible? Or do you start with as many as possible? Do you start with just one and then see if you need to change it or shape it? Or like, where, 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 do, you, where do you go from there? Mostly I start with how does the audience interact with the show? Um, and uh, from there, I start with as few uh, like form identifiers as possible. And I begin mm -hmm. to build the form identifiers up as, uh, as we work. Uh, to work towards making sure that we're consistently communicating something to the audience, um, often a different thing, but but I build the form up piece by piece, depending on are we communicating what we want to communicate to the audience. Cool. And that's uh, yeah, that's that's dope. <laughs> that's, that's dope. It's dope. That's dope is what it is. trying to keep yourself out of out of the way of of the work right um so uh so you know trust that your cast are going to see the form or or the form structure identifies that that you mentioned as springboards to leap off of rather than than cage you know something that's going to cage them um, right so, yeah and i love your emphasis on the audiences uh like communicating it to the audience are we communicating to the audience what we want if we're not, let's build more. Right. Then we add more functions to the yeah. form uh, that help direct us in that way. Yeah. So yeah. when the show is complete, the, the functions should make a form that does for us what we have set out to do. So it's yeah. like All a, we uh, have to do is be present at mm -hmm. that point. All we have to do is be really present uh, be playful, be relaxed and ready, trust ourselves, trust the moment, and it will all uh, beautifully roll out. So it's, it's dope. 
It's dope. It's dope. Improv is dope. <laughs> D-O-P-E. D'Amica opens possibilities everywhere. Oh, dope. Um, so you, you're constantly checking back against your initial kind of uh, spark against that thing that you wanted from the from the audience, and and so you can judge whether you need more or less based on checking back with that thing regularly. Is that the the kind of process of building? Well, it is initially, and then yep. sometimes uh, I get really surprised by a discovery, and I mm-hmm. see that we're communicating something completely different, and I like it. Yeah. So we we kind of follow that failure to fruition yep. and go down that other road and, and build a show around what we, what we are consistently communicating. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. And you, you, of, of course, yeah, I love that, that you discover things. You, you always discover yeah. things in the process that just yeah. changes things. About, like, yeah. And sometimes I'll leave big holes in the show that I want to build. Like, all right, we're going to, like we did an action hero Christmas action movie, a Christmas action movie one year. Yeah. And I had no idea how we we're going to do the action part of the Christmas action movie. So when we were doing workshopping it, I was like, all right, well, we got to do it. So we're going to use lights, Emma. Let's think about some lights. And then I got the <laughs> cast. I was like, all right, well, we're going to break off into groups. And then everyone's going to come back and show and tell different action moves. <laughs> and then people were workshopping stuff. And some of the techniques we came up with were like super useful techniques awesome. for, for, for action movies. And like, uh. and the lighting technique that we found this beautiful, like we called it the action light just in the middle of the stage. And if anytime you jumped into the action light everything else would go dark except for the action and then you could slow motion like slow motion do whatever you had to do in the action light yeah until you left it and then it would all speed up again so you could so it allowed us to have any kind of any action sequence we needed can be just just got to get to that light and then emma goes oh we're going into the action sequence and then the music changes and the lights change (laughs) and it looks super choreographed because we're like this is the one spot you jump to (laughs) i wish i had seen that show yeah, it sounds it's way better awesome. right now. <laughs> it was really fun. It was surprisingly amazing. Some like people would end up like scaling buildings down, like ropes down buildings and stuff, or jumping out of exploding <laughs> helicopters in this one. <laughs> it was all, all done with lighting. It was very cool. It was very cool. Anyway, yeah, always discovering in the moment. Yeah, so yeah, you could, you set out to do one thing and you find new things. It's great. It's like improv. It's like improv. Like improv. It's like it's very like improv. It's like which, trusting your ensemble and uh, and and working well with it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's weird. I've never thought yeah. of that way. What uh, a philosophy. First, before you can trust your ensemble, you must first trust yourself. Trust yourself. <laughs> Jason, you're trying to do a camera change. It's not working. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what do you have any plans for? Like, I mean, I know right now Deep End is. Uh, for all intents and purposes, shut down uh, as a theater uh, during the pandemic. Uh, do you have any plans when you get started again? What with what you want to start with? Like, do you want to? Yeah, a, I actually really like want to shows? revisit. I oh my gosh, I've got them piled up. Um, I've got. I really want to revisit some shows that are really inspiring to me and that make me feel like an artist. Um, so I really want to do porches. I really want to do presents. And then I really want to um, start uh, creating more shows that make me feel that way, you know, that make me sit back and think, man, I've done something really artistic here. 
And I'm really proud of myself. So I want to start from those, that place when we uh, continue after COVID. Um, And uh, I think one thing that I did in the past is I would occasionally like throw in a show here or there um, to kind of keep the schedule full. And I think something, something was disappointing about that. I learned a lot from that experience of kind of trying to keep the schedule full. And so in the future, moving forward, I'm really going to wait until a form really lands or a spark really lights um, and do fewer shows and let the shows have longer runs. Nice. Yeah. So basically you just keep it, you just keep a show running until you have a better idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's no, not it's a bad idea. Every night until the next one. Until When's the next, the next one going to be? Comes. I'll tell you when I get it. Uh, I'll tell you later, kid. <laughs> I haven't had a better idea yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, I love I love porches. I mean, you've mentioned it a few times. Uh, I, no one knows what you're talking about. I think when they hear the word porches, they're like, is this a weird farm? Is this like a hair? <laughs> uh, but I loved that form concept i never actually got a chance to see the show but uh it it spoke to me can you just tell people quickly what porches is so they can go yeah it sounds so cool porches is a really beautiful long form improvised show where uh you have four different sets built on stage and they're really built um really nicely so you have uh the front of a house uh four different houses And when the audience comes in, they take the actors and they place their pictures in the four different houses so that the the actors don't know who they'll be paired with uh, when they start the show. But then during the show, we see four different full-length plays uh, that take place on each of those porches. And the lighting technician decides when one scene has ended and one scene has begun. So during the whole show, the audience is turning to their left or to their right and watching as a new show or a new story is unfolding. Um, And we go all the way from the moment someone has walked out on the porch until the moment someone has walked back into the house over the Mm -hmm. course of two hours. And it's really beautiful. It's one of my favorite creations uh, that I've ever experienced. I love it. It's just, yeah. it's, it totally hits my, my, my like improv buttons. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's like, the, it again. it's, it's so, it's like the simplest, like mm, so simple and yet so deep. It's perfect. It's a yeah. perfect summation of what you do. That's, that's amazing. We, uh, myself, uh, you, you guys may have met, uh, you have met Rick Brown over the yes. journey. Uh, uh, Rick and I used to be in a theater sports team together and we'd often get Ooh. to the final round of the, of the competition, which was often like six minute round or whatever you wanted to do. And right. we, one, one time we decided to just do uh, a scene on a porch. Like we're just like, yeah. what improv game can we do? It's like, let's just call a game on the porch and do a scene on the porch. Nice. And it became, it became something that the audience would look forward to if we got to the final round, <gasps> that we would just be this 
Oh, I would love it. These three old men on a porch, like, and do yeah. this scene. And it, uh, yeah, it was so great. And it, yeah, it became this stalwart of, of Melbourne theatre sports for a while there. It was just like, we do this on the porch, so much show that we we lifted it off and, and turned it into its own little thing for a little while. It was really, really nice. Oh, um, cool. It was just that space to have like real conversations. And I guess, I mean, uh, uh, when I hear about stuff like Bass Prov and stuff like that, we hadn't heard about Bass Prov at the time, but it's got that kind of same kind of vibe behind it. It's mm-hmm. just talking truth and being honest and yeah. uh, and that sort of stuff. I would love to see like f- f- that times four over two hours. Forget yeah. about it. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really is conducive of uh, just really beautiful work, really fun, mm-hmm. playful, beautiful. Sometimes, sometimes absurdly comedic, and sometimes poignantly dramatic work. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it so much because it's one of those things where you hear, like, if you're a newer improviser, hearing about the form, you're, you're like. It's just every scene's on a porch, like all the time. It never changes. Like, could we be somewhere else? Could we be like on like a porch at a hospital or something? It's like, no, no, no. It's always just like a porch of a house. And they're like, but then there's it's so limiting. But then as a ah, improviser who's no, been improvising, yeah. it's like, oh, that's amazing. It's so it's freeing. rich. It's yeah. so freeing. I could talk. We can talk. This is we can play any kind of relationship on a porch. This is so beautiful. Uh and so like to me, I'm like so excited about that yeah. simple, that simple restriction. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to do it again. Oh, I know, and you built such a beautiful set for it too. I saw I saw photos of the set, and was mm. so so jealous. And I was like, oh man, Ken is amazing. That guy, Ken is amazing. Can we just mention Ken for a second? We, yes, let's. He really builds it. It yeah, yeah. it th- those porches were like the real front porches of real houses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was almost a little too much of a real build. Yeah. yeah, really but beautiful. But it's so great, and it's the kind of thing that, uh, as like Paper Street, we try and do the similar type of thing by building sets and making it feel like theater. That's one of our goals, right? Yeah. So when people walk in uh, and they see this elaborate set, it's just now they're they're watching a play. They're yeah. gonna sit down and they're gonna watch it like they're watching a play because they and they like watch it differently. It. Yeah, they watch it differently than they they do if you're on a small comedy stage and mm-hmm. just trying to get all the yucks out. They really do come and and watch the show differently when there's a set. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about the show though? Because we that? we have a problem here in Paper Street where if anyone does a southern accent, all of us do southern accents. It's oh no, it, we call it southernitis. Like yeah. We could yeah. all start with very different accents, but if one person has a southern accent, by the end of the show, we all do. In Australia, we Does call that... it the pirate virus. Like if someone yeah. starts oh, a pirate no. accent, everyone gets a pirate accent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone just um, but <laughs> we we have it we have it with southern accents because yeah, I, I, I mean, same, same. let's not try and unpack why. But yeah. uh, but does it happen in porches? Does someone always start by going like, "Nah, it's not," and then everyone's like. <laughs> Darlene, what you doing out there on the floor? Yeah, like, does it just turn into a southern Earl? Show? Earl, what Earl. you doing out there? Yeah. What you doing out there? Are you fixing that car again? Come yeah. on in now. Does, does it happen? Does it happen? 
Uh, well, I've noticed that accents really are contagious. Yeah. So it it can happen, but of course we we rehearse against the grain of that. So yeah. that we, we try to get all the southern accents out of our system. <laughs> this For the is first, like, ex- three weeks before the show. The first three weeks of rehearsal, all southern. Uh, all southern, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Accent Everybody. solution. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess in this, because you're in different little pockets, like you're in your own scene, you might have the southern accent in your scene, but the other scene doesn't. And so they'll they'll mm. stay separate. But you never have to right, talk to right. each other and take someone's accent. One thing that's so beautiful about Porches, I think, is that uh, you're really in your own play. Mm-hmm. Um at the same time as being in a in a shared metaphor so you're mm-hmm. you're in your own play but you're in kind of a four scene poem yeah beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful ah oh, beautiful i want to do that show sometime yeah let's <laughs> do that show and it reminds me of the show we did at my festival meet with the four corners the bench show that we did yeah the bench it was, show it was a similar idea of like it's a very simple restriction but uh, but in that, it was so amazing. Uh, Jason, I don't know if we I ever told you about the show. Did I ever tell you about the bench show we did? It was no. an amazing show. It, it was a f- the scene, the best scene ever that's ever happened in the world happened in the bench in show. show. Okay, cool. But the, the, the rule was, there were two rules. One is there's a bench in every scene because <laughs> there's a bench. And when the second we rule is never scene, talk about the bench. In no, the- never <laughs> talk about the bench. We don't talk about the bench. Yeah, And when you edit, you move the bench. So the bench moves okay, to a new cool. place and then there's a new scene. So that, that's no, the first one. But then the other simple rule was that everyone had to do a scene with everybody else. Mm-hmm. So there were four of us, which meant there were going to be six scenes, right? Because uh, we math. Yeah, um, but we all did a scene with everybody else, and then that was it. That was the whole show. So we all got nice. to do a scene with everybody uh, at a bench, and it was like the most beautiful show. It was so it was like these six scenes that took place around a bench, you know, people yeah. talking, and there's something incredible. It was. It was one scenes, of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. It's w- definitely one of my top five favorite shows. Yeah, and again, I read a one- thing. Oh yeah, go. Jason. So I read a thing on the internet that said it had the best scenes ever in it. Ah, yeah. it it had definitely <laughs> the best scene ever. <laughs> yeah. For sure. No, but it, it it's again one of those such a simple restriction that at first you're like, oh, they all have to be at a bench somewhere. They can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, on a bench. And you're like, I don't want it. But then um, once you do it, you're like, yeah, this is amazing. They all just yeah. like, on a bench so free. Yeah, it's great. You would have loved it, Jason. You would have loved it. Uh, I would have loved it. Since that starting with something so simple is really the way to go, rather than trying to make a complex network of forms and functions to try to make the wildest thing ever, starting with something really simple, you can find that you can stop at something really simple. Mm. And I think that's why, like, our on the porch works so well because people would, in theater sports, try to save their best, in inverted commas, thing for last, you know, and and the most punchy or the thing they were best at. And because we just went, hey, it's a porch, that's it. That's it. Like, we're yeah. just going to sit here and talk. And and we would. And it would cut across people's expectations so much as well. It's it's so freeing. It's wonderful. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anything else you wanted to, to talk about, Domika, while we're here? Because we're getting close to the end. So I just want to make sure you get... You get to bring up that thing that you've been wanting to bring up <laughs> this I whole just, time. That you I just mentioned. love you guys. That's what I want to say. Oh, I just love yeah. you guys. And the shit your bread man. 
fast as I love can. the shit bread man. <laughs> Can't catch me. I'm the shit bread man. <laughs> um, uh, and do I, we're all doing a show together too, which is kind of fun during this yeah. pandemic time. And that's, yes. That's, that's, uh, Talk about that. Well, I think we've been, well, we mentioned the other one we did, Jason, because Jason and I brought it up a couple weeks ago, the, the show we did over Christmas, the Christmas mm-hmm. eavesdropping, a Paper Street show that took place on Zoom. We're doing another one. Another eavesdropping show, except this one's more about family and relationships called Unstable Connections happening uh, the week of Valentine's Day, basically. Oh. Yeah. So people might want to check it out because uh, you two get to be in it, which is the thing about the pandemic that I think has been nice. Is yeah. That it's made it yeah. so that, well, I guess it doesn't matter where people are, so let's do shows together. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there's a lot that comes with that, but that's the nice part. So it's been lovely having a chance to work with you. And and you were in the Christmas Eve dropping show as well. I don't know if I mentioned that, but you were as well. Yeah, I was. And you're the best. The best Thank scene you. ever didn't happen. You are. You. Yeah. Jason. Yeah. The best. You guys are the best. Uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to ask best. you one last question. I'm going to ask you one oh, last question. Oh, what's that? Because yeah. we we've, we usually end with this question. I think I forgot last time with king sam yeah uh, we'll cut it in quick edit it in before the episode comes up. just me going hey king sam uh and then i'll do his voice or something um uh but uh the question we ask everybody at this on the, at the end here is if there was one thing from that improvisers have one skill that you could give to the rest of the world and like the wave of magic wand or snap of your fingers that would make the world a better place what's the one skill what's the one thing to the over judgment nice Curiosity over judgment, I think, would would change the world. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot. I should. Have, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you could have predicted it. You knew it. No. And now that you said it, I'm judging it. I'm judging. Oh, oh, I, I, t- I take it back. No. no. <laughs> oh what God! It I was become? the wrong thing to say. Yeah, what did I do? I, I just ran out there and played the grandma. They didn't need a grandma. <laughs> Oh, my friends are here. I got to go. Go now. Go now. Go on. Go, go. Go, go, go. go. Take the ridge. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I just got into a war metaphor. Uh, okay. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Domenica Parker. Thank you You're so much. Domenica. You're welcome. Thank you having me. Thank you yeah. having me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you having me. And if anyone's ever in Portland and you're looking for wonderful people, find Dominica and Deep End Theater. And uh, if you're looking for great hot sauce, head to Portland, uh, apparently. To Portland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Far on the mountain wings and secret avoc. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I always want to end with hot sauce. Hot sauce. Hot sauce.